Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. Now, Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. It's a beautiful day here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I just said Harrisburg, and now I just changed. <laughs> Eastern South Dakota, gorgeous day. We have uh, sun is shining, leaves are changing. It's one of my favorite times of the year. But it is beautiful. You're on the spot now, Father John. Well, it's good to be on the spot, right? <laughs> Just be right on the spot God put you on. That's right. That's the whole goal, right? right. Just where are you? Where right? are you? Sometimes that's the beautiful question in the Eve. Where are you? You know, mm-hmm. in the Adam and Eve. Where are you? It's good for us maybe all to take a moment. Yeah. Driving down the road or listening to the radio at work or trying to do five things at once or sitting in front of Heather Carroll at the <laughs> office. Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Hmm. So many answers to that question. Yeah. Yep. Well, where we are is we're at the sixth installment sixth with installment. what started, uh, maybe there's another one, um, but uh, we could, yeah, we could maybe do one more. But yeah, it kind of just started in the beginning. We were talking about my witness of basically a vocation story, which people tell all the time, you know, when you become a seminarian. But and none of us get tired get ordained of it. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, Even because whenever you speak about God at work, the if you're really speaking in a way that, like, of the event that happened, it sort of happens again. It, like, the wonder of it all is like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. So I think that's that gift of memory. The memory and the way the church understands memory, like Eucharist, in a way, like the thing is present again. The thing that happened is present again. It's not another thing. Right. And actually, that's a beautiful reflection. Like the Eucharist is always the sacrifice. We don't re-sacrifice. Our memory is is. the re-presentation of what has happened, um, what is happening, and what will happen until the world is redeemed. Um, And so, yeah, so when you share your witness of Christ in your life, something happens. And when you re-speak of that, if you speak of it as the event that happened, it happens again in a way. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when somebody's speaking about um, my daughter and they're talking about great things that she did or how she impacted their lives. I never get tired of hearing about it Mm. because I think she's awesome sauce, right? And so it's kind of the same when you're talking about the one you love. Yeah. And hearing how they've impacted other people's lives. Yeah. You never get tired of it. Yep. So, yeah. So, I have taken this journey, and you can find all those on the Real Presence website uh, of the different uh, segments, phases of which the Lord has worked in my life. And I ended by speaking about the witness of those sacraments of um, the anointing of the sick at St. Lambert and how that became such a rich part of my life and a confidence of Christ at work in the sacraments. And I think one of the, not think, I know one of the markings of my time as a pastor was a dependence that sort of just to come into a parish and just say, well, what's happening? And then Mm. to feel less like I need to do something that, you know, I took the advice, I kind of agreed first year, just watch. Mm -hmm. And um, as I did, I couldn't not, because I didn't feel obligated to stuff, to do stuff, as I would watch, I would see things happen. And then I'd be like, well, you got to see this. you got to hear this, you know? And I'd be like, hey, tell that person what you just told me. And it's just amazing what came out of people's mouths. Uh, the thing that sort of, sort of a side note, a lot of times when I ask people to retell things, they, we change. 
we change what oh, we say, absolutely. you know, and it's really interesting. I think the thing that I've grown in understanding is what is it that happened? And if we can think of it that way and tell it again, the original way, that's the beautiful thing we need to pay attention to. Hmm. But when we're put on the spot, hey, could you tell them? Then we like change and it structures and it as opposed to speaking from that place that we originally were speaking from. That's where the power is. That's where we're so in touch with our heart and where the spirit is moving that something begins to happen. And so I'd be like, well, no, 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 the part there. And I just learned through this, like, tell them, no, it was the story you told, not that <laughs> stuff. You know, tell them that. And. Uh, there was a particular, right away, the first few days, there uh, was a, a non-Catholic but married to a Catholic that was parishioners there, and he came into my office. Uh, his name was Lucas, and he had this experience to share with me and had this desire to understand things. And um, from this just grew, I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is amazing. And we had a 40, Advent was coming up, I think, maybe is where... Um, and we were doing 40 hours or something, and I just thought, well, they can hear from me all the time. Like, they need to hear from him. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge risk. I mean, we're talking 40 hours devotion, and I asked a non-Catholic to get up at the Ambo and share his witness. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I hope people, I hope, <laughs> you know, I don't know who the bad police are, but the bad police, I hope they don't come get me. Uh, but I just knew, I was like, this is, the, this is what I want to share with them, and that he is at work in people's lives, and that there is hope. I think even the talk was on hope. Like, there is hope. Uh, maybe it's hope or joy. I can't, uh, might have been joy. So anyway, this really began a process as pastor realizing, like, I as father have the ability to order this family in a particular way. And uh, the thing that sort of began to keep coming up was the power of the witness. And I had studied this, and we oftentimes spoke of St. Paul, uh, the f sixth... Um, uh, commentary where he said, modern man listens, listens more willingly to witnesses than to mm. teachers. Mm. And if he listens to teachers, it's because they first are witnesses. Oh, wow. And I, it was like in front of me, this was happening. The witness, like if I start with a teacher that isn't also a witness, if I start with me trying to get information across or do stuff that isn't first a witness, nobody really cares in the big picture. You know, wow. maybe you get some. And so it was like the power of the witness. And I was blessed because the pastor before me, Father Jim Mason, had um, started reading a little spiritual treatise with his parish council and finance council. So to start every parish council and finance council, they'd have a Jacques Philippe book, you know, uh, Searching for and Maintaining Peace, maybe. And we'd read a few pages, and then they'd all speak about it. And I was like, this is amazing. And then, like the time's over and you do the work of finance council, but it was filled in a different way. Hmm. You do the work of parish council, but it was filled in a different way because we were beginning by witnessing to each other hmm. where our lives reflected what we were reading in here, how Christ was working through us. And they also had an adult evangelization program at the time that Father Mason started um, through the diocese. And I just kind of came into it and I started watching how it was operating. And I'd have a question. I'd, I'd feel like they missed something or they passed over something. Or, and I'd just be like, hey, Beck, uh, let's go back to you. Like, uh, tell me more about that. Hmm. 
because the, the whole thing was like an evangelization thing. So it'd be like scripture that we were praying with and then they would answer questions. And, and I'd just like want to know more about something particular. And there'd be these moments where this beautiful experience of silence would come upon us. And it was just so evident, like there's someone else here <laughs> that we can't see, but like something's happening here. And uh, as this began to grow, uh, more of these like randomly meeting somebody, asking them questions and be like, hey, would you tell them that thing? Or, hey, you guys should get together. Have you, guys ever, have you ever met so-and-so? And like, just, you guys should hang out. Or being at dinner at somebody's house and realizing a moment to like open up a question or open up a dialogue about who someone is, what their journey has been, and then where's faith been. Knowing I can do this in a way that nobody else at this table probably can. I can ask the mm. son or daughter a question that they maybe would say, you know, ignore their mom, dad. But, right. Um, and then the beautiful thing that would come when you just let someone speak, what is in their heart? What is happening? And from that, then you just see all these other avenues with which the spirit wants to work. And so it really became that, that three years really became a powerful experience of realizing the importance of the witness and it's a witness of my life. Doesn't even first have to be like, here's Jesus, but like a witness of this is why vulnerability is so beautiful. People love stories of vulnerability yeah. because it's a witness. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not a witness, capital W, of like Christ I see, but it's a witness of like, this is me. Here I am in all of my vulnerability. Well, what did Christ say? Where there's weakness will be strength. Of course, vulnerability is a beautiful place. And like, so who's the face that answers that vulnerability? And to help people grow in their ability to see there's something here. What do you think this is? Mm -hmm. Well, and it was fascinating because I can remember um, go, logging onto the St. Lambert's website back when you were pastor. <laughs> and you had witnesses. Mm-hmm. On the site, and we'd actually used to play them on the radio because they were just so moving. So, um, how did you get to that point? <laughs> it's all the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, the question from Jim earlier, like, it's me. It, it, this is the same answer. It wasn't me. Uh, we wanted to do, uh, I wasn't expecting to tell this story, so I'm, this, some of these might not be totally accurate, but we basically sat down and we were going to, I was going to do one video, and I was reading this document. Um, uh, for high school kids and um, uh, I don't even remember off the top of my head the topic but we basically did this video and when the video was over it was just me mm -hmm. and when the video was over I was like something's here there's like this was powerful and we basically then just decided to keep going. And I had this long journey of this story in the, my head and how to tell the narrative of the gospel uh, from a human perspective of poverty, encounter, the church, friendship, following. And I just sat in my office one day and I drew on this whiteboard, this like diagram. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, well, I don't want to be the only one in the video. Mm-hmm. And so I just started thinking of people I'd met at St. Lambert who represented that dynamic of the diagram, someone who'd been in the trenches and had fallen 
to deep, dark places. Someone who had been climbed out of dark places and put mm-hmm. forward great courage. Somebody who had helped somebody else get out of that dark place. All that. And then we just put together this series. Heather, and then Brian Cooper put it on the Vimeo or whatever. And tens of thousands of people started watching those videos. They're Heather, all mine. I've watched them a million times. <laughs> I, that was not me. That was, that was the power. And Brian did a beautiful job putting them together, but we could both say we were just following something that was happening. They're beautiful. It was not, they are beautiful. And it was not Jesus. They are beautiful. You can still find them out there on YouTube or on the St. Lambert's website. They're called uh, a people changed by Christ. I think there's 14 of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just, you know, six minutes or so. They're not. They're wonderful. They just fill your heart with hope. Yeah. Folks, we're talking with Father John Rutten. He's my co-host this morning, and we're just chatting about um, his sixth part of his story. I'm just going to stop saying vocation. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll have more with Father John Rutten. So stay right where you are. More Real Presence Live right after this. As a working adult, you know the value of a dollar and you expect quality for your money. Now is a great time to further your education. The University of Mary offers degrees for working professionals with flexible learning options that are truly competitively priced. Apply now for any of our online programs and we'll waive your $150 enrollment fee. A quality education at an affordable price. Discover the University of Mary difference at online.umary.edu. My Catholic radio journey began when I was in St. Louis going to seminary. In my first year and a half, I would travel from the seminary to St. Louis University to take my philosophy courses, and that's when I'd listen to Catholic radio. Dr. Ray Garendi and Patrick Madrid, and and it just just moved my heart. And uh, I love apologetics as well. Uh, I love explaining the faith. I love teaching the faith. I love defending the faith. And it it just kind of lit a fire for me. And so uh, once I became ordained, and then and uh, Bishop Kagan um, asked me to come to Williston, just based on everything that was happening with the oil boom. And uh, although we had a we had a a, a real presence radio station, eighty nine point one, it was a, it was a pretty pretty small signal. And I just felt like, what greater way to evangelize and reach people from all over the world uh, than than Catholic radio? This is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. 
And we're just talking this morning for our last half hour with Father John Run. He's just sharing uh, part six of his journey of his faith. Um, and we were just talking about his time at St. Lambert's Parish and um, the videos that were created uh, that are just absolutely beautiful. Uh, that go, are they still out at St. Lambert's? They are at St. Lambert. I am trying on right the now website. To out we'll the, find it. We'll find yeah. it for y'all. But just go and Google A People Changed by Christ. There's a video series that was just amazing. And you were talking, Father, about the importance of witnesses in sharing the faith. So. Oh, yeah, they do. Google, put in YouTube A People Changed by Christ, and they all show up. There's like 14 of them. Start with the first one. They're, I, they're, they're of God. They are of God. It's not uh, anything that human beings did. Although we were interested interest from instruments, so yeah, yep. yeah. So I yeah, as pastor, uh, uh, as a priest, um, I mean, I love to teach, but what I've discovered is I think my charism is a different kind of teaching. Hmm. Uh, I'm not the first person you want to ask to come come give a talk on um, on some topic of faith. Uh, and I've learned to just be okay with that. And I can, and I do. Uh, but I want to educate you to something. I want to educate you to why, what is faith and how does faith happen? And why does it, why does it not work? And why does it work? And what, it, what are the, what does it mean to be powerless? And, um, and how is powerlessness effective for conversion and then like where in the saints lives are these principles at work you know maybe this would be the thing to educate towards the principles of reality i guess might be the mm. the thing that i love mm -hmm. and particularly because so much of my life i grew up with all of those other things the saints my house was a religious art museum you know i'm so grateful for i love my mother and father i'm so grateful for the faith they passed on um you know, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I knew all the stuff. Right. And so I guess what's deep in my heart is a desire to educate to the stuff that makes all of that awaken. Why is that so important to you? Well, because it's how I got there. If, if you know, I remember sitting in seminary and I couldn't take a, I always had this question that would be, you know, we'd be in seminary talking. I'd be like, well... If what we're talking about right now is the way the church runs, then I never could have got to where I am because I was evangelized in a treatment center for alcoholism by a Protestant minister. So if like, so I always couldn't, and I'm like, well, I don't want to deny what you're saying, but like, what does it mean that a Protestant minister is the one who helped me discover Jesus? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what does it mean that when I had this experience, I didn't want to leave the Catholic Church? Never even occurred to me that I should leave the Catholic Church. Lots of people do, though, when they meet the spirit of Jesus in a Protestant minister. They follow that minister. Lots of people in the treatment center would go there. Why didn't I? That's fascinating to me. I want to know the answer to that. And so, dig into it, and you realize, well, I didn't because my parents witness what they were living in the home. When it happened to me, I was like, oh, this is what my parents are talking about. Yeah. 
But if my parents hadn't been living something in the home that was filled with the love of Jesus, then when this happened to me, I'd be like, well, my parents just go to Mass every day and shove this stuff down my throat all the time and never stop talking about anything but da-da-da-da-da. Like, I don't want that. I want this love that just happened to me. But when it happened to me, I'm like, oh, this is what my parents, this is why my parents have 55 pictures of Mary in one room. <laughs> in one room. <laughs> right? right? I you can know? relate. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so, so I, that's of interest to me. Uh, to realize, you know, we can be talking about all these great things, but if we don't understand powerlessness and its role in the Christian life, it's not just an AA thing that people say, I'm powerless over alcohol. Powerlessness is in the human experience. You can't get to Jesus without powerlessness, right? All of reality is filled with powerlessness. The minute I stand in front of the Grand Canyon, I realize I'm powerless. The minute, when you really look at life, you realize you're powerless because you realize I can't control all this. But how many of us are trying to control everything, and then we call the control when it all gets ordered the way we think it's supposed to be ordered, we're like, okay, Jesus is here. <laughs> it's like, what? No, 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 no. Like, no, Jesus is something more than just you getting your stuff ordered the way you want it. Uh, but we can live it that way. Have you camped out in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> this happens a lot when we end up getting together. Uh, so in, in any case, this is sort of what has always been in me is this education. I have, a, I have a great passion and desire for education, but it's an education that I think is in like the principles of humanity or the principles of Christianity or what is it that's at the foundation that makes it all work. And then I love going to a talk where somebody explains things in ways that like, you know, are, um, we just had this theologian come in and talk about the gospel of Luke and it's like, Wow. I mean, just blows my mind. But I could never do it. He does. God gave him that gift. Uh, but I also, um, yeah, and what I, where, where I realize the power comes is no matter what the content is that someone's talking about, it's their witness that really opens somebody. And somebody who really speaks from that place of human experience is fascinating. Uh, and I just realize oftentimes in parish life, People are right in each other's midst, but nobody is sharing anything with each other. Yeah. And so I just want to take as many opportunities as I can to get people to share, to create environments where people can share and it's not so weird. You know, so at St. Lambert, I said, we did this thing where for a year long, I, I gave them the project of meeting two people, I think it was, each month that they didn't know their names before. Just to give them permission to cross that boundary that's a little weird. Right. And they could do it like, well, you know, hi, yep, you're going to be one, Heather. Heather, I need two. You're my second one. What's your name again? You sit behind me and you got those kids. You know, what's your yeah. name? Yeah. And it just was a beautiful thing. Giving them the permission. And encourage them to invite someone over to their house that's never been to their house before, but they're, they'd like to invite. It gave them permission. But there's freedom. They could not do it. But it was this possibility to put them together so they could share, so they could speak of their life, so they could witness. And I just saw the power that came from all of this really has affected me in many ways. And I would say at St. John Paul II Parish, we don't have a lot of structures. We don't have a lot of those groups. We don't have a lot of things. But we've still been able to incorporate witnessing, whether it's through doing a quick YouTube video or whether it's um, we did Father's Formation after Mass on Sundays. You could stay and I'd do a little teaching and then we'd have, I always had someone I met that week give a witness. 
Is that where you came up with Witness Wednesday? Is that yeah? You? And then eventually, okay. when that all evolved and COVID came, and then Witness Wednesday came about, where each week then we'd put out a witness of someone in the parish. And so, and you evolve and things change. And so we don't always get to the same ways. We don't have Witness Wednesday right now. We don't have Father's Formation right now, Uh, but we still have Donut Sunday and I'm encouraging people (laughs) (laughs) to be meeting someone new. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, I stood here in the entryway and somebody told me an amazing story. I'm like, Hey, can you do it again? You know, and I get the video out and then we put it on and, um, and so things come about in a different way. We have something, the canyon was a huge part of what we've talked about here. Mm -hmm. That's all witnessing. It's Mm -hmm. ordered in a way to give them space to speak of their life and of where Christ has been on their journey to the other people at their table. And so the more and more what I'm trying to do is now not just put somebody up there to do it, but how do we help each other facilitate the conversation so that I'm not the only one who knows how to bring this about. So that that. parents can learn how to ask their kids questions in a certain way. So that friends can learn to speak and share with their other friends in a particular way. Otherwise, you need me around. And I don't think that's... Jesus was just with them for a little bit, and then he took off. Yeah, Um, you're on your own. So, yeah, so it's been a beautiful gift as pastor to grow in this part of my ministry. Um, I, I love celebrating the sacraments, but it's been even more amazing when I've witnessed what happens in people's lives because of the sacraments. And then I'm like, he's got to be here because I didn't do that. I didn't. <laughs> you know, to do a group of confirmation students and to get them on a journey in such a way and to hear their witnesses one to the other or writing down and sharing it with us. And I think, oh my gosh, he's got to be working in this. That's not me. Mm-hmm. To go through this journey of life, of work, of friendship, of family, of the church, of the parish, of the sacraments, uh, it's, it's, he is here. He has proposed, he's here. And he has proposed that the Christian life gives a hundredfold now. And we get eternal life. A hundredfold right now. He claims he's here. I want to know if that's true. And yesterday I believed it was, and today I wake up and I'm already doubting Thomas. Mm. And I need to see a witness. I need to hear from somebody. I need to like, where are you, Lord? Uh, and then when I meet him, somebody shared with me. So I think, I don't know. And and I used to think it was self-centered. I used to think it was, but the thing that I kept growing in awareness was, was when I share these things, people change. Mm-hmm. If I don't share them, well, sometimes they change just through the way you live and move and they kind of draw in. But it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something because I could talk forever about, <laughs> you know, whatever. And nobody's like, ah, I'm sleepy. I Father speak John. about an event and they wake up. Amen. Such a pleasure. Thanks for co-hosting with me today. God bless you, Heather. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. 
Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.